hello, welcome, and thank you for coming to the Just Bloody Post-It podcast, a show for people who are growing an audience and promoting their work on the internet. I'm Helen Perry, your host, and every week we talk to someone who can inspire your journey by telling the truth you might need to hear or just by sharing their story. It's all in the stories, isn't it? This time we're talking about understanding and sharing ADHD with the copywriter and TEDx speaker, Martha Bernard Ray. I am not a failure, but I have felt that feeling of like, why can I not do this? And it's so frustrating. The minute you realize that you might have ADHD, in my case anyway, I felt more compassionate to myself already. But then, you know, getting the diagnosis and starting medication is is a big thing. When you have an understanding about executive function and ADHD, it doesn't make it any easier. And like, you still have to like have all these stupid strategies and stuff to help you get things done. But at least you can kind of go, oh, the fact that I am having trouble with this, it doesn't mean that I am like a bad person. Martha's an American who lives in Denmark, which is a coastal town in Western Australia. And I discovered her on YouTube. The clever channel suggested I watch her TEDx about ADHD in women and girls. And I thought we need to talk about this on the podcast. We need to give it a show because so many of the women I've interviewed for Just Bloody Post It and follow on social media are talking about how they've discovered or recognised in their 30s and 40s that they have ADHD too. And those acronyms are everywhere in life. What do they mean? What is ADHD? How does it affect a person? And what does it mean for their life and work? And why is it helpful to know that you have it? That's what I wanted to learn from Martha. And also to talk to her about TED Talks. How do you get to do one? What's that like? And how does it affect your profile? Martha's has been viewed more than 600,000 times on YouTube now. So that's what we get into. Please share this one with friends who might find it useful. I started by asking Martha what drives her creative work. I have strong feminist values, environmental values, and I really do believe that there's room for everyone, as cheesy as that sounds. I believe that by sort of working together and realizing, you know, your your offering is going to be uniquely um, desirable to your specific people. So let's just work out what makes you special and try and, and communicate that. So, I mean, when it comes to my own writing for my own business, I just write the way I speak. Um, and a lot of people kind of go, oh, I don't, I can't do that. And it's like, well, yeah, but you just have to forget all the things that you learned. Like I have a an English degree as well. And obviously, I didn't write the way that I write for my business when I was writing for my English degree. But it's like, you know, you have to know writing for that context, right? So you are communicating, it's a conversation, it's online. So you are writing in a way that encourages the person to keep reading and you're writing in a way that encourages the person to connect with you. And, and it's just, yeah, about kind of getting people to understand that special thing about your brand or your business that will solve the problem that they have. One of the things that you talk about now is ADHD. I'm interested, were you 
did you have some fear about putting that into your work, telling people that you'd had an ADHD diagnosis? Um, no, I didn't. I just, I don't know. I was um, diagnosed with anxiety after I had kids and I was always kind of like, I really don't think I have anxiety. <laughs> like, I feel pretty like not anxious. And this is re- very common for women who, you know, who have undiagnosed ADHD. Um, so I think by the time I sort of realized what it was, I was just so relieved that I like I was happy when I found out that I had ADHD because it's like, oh, my God, there's something that I can do about this. Like I can, you know, I can understand what's going on here. And I, I became a lot more, well, a little bit more compassionate towards myself And I wanted to tell people because I was just like, if this can happen to me, like this can happen to anybody that, you know, you go through your life and have, you know, varying levels of success. And I have done lots of great stuff, but I also had ADHD. So I just wanted to, yeah, I like to normalize things and kind of talk about them and, and support people to not feel so alone. Um, Cause like, yeah, I'm, I'm really an open book when it comes to this kind of stuff. The question I kind of want you to answer is like, what is ADHD? What does it mean for somebody who has it? ADHD is a set of traits. Um, and that set of traits is highly heritable. It's as heritable as height. So if you have ADHD, it's very, very, very likely that, you know, one or more of your kids are going to have ADHD. Um, and it's a set of traits that are sort of Uh, connected to a unique mind. There's lots of, there are good things about ADHD. Um, You can focus on things that are really, really interesting to you for ages and you can work really quickly. But then ADHD is a, you know, we have lower levels of dopamine in our brain. So that means that if, you know, we're looking for dopamine by changing up the task or getting distracted. So it's a, it is a, you know, a difference in sort of brain architecture um, and it affects people in different ways. So there's um, three types of ADHD. There's inattentive type, hyperactive type and combined type. Um, so I have combined type, which means I show lots of traits of hyperactivity and inattention, but you can just have like ADHD inattentive type or ADHD hyperactive type, which is quite a lot more rare. Um, But the sort of a lot of people think of ADHD as this like little boy, like a hyper little boys condition where they're like jumping all over the place and kind of can't sit still. And that is like one iteration of it. But one of the reasons why women and girls are are really overlooked is because um, the hyperactivity is more likely to be in the mind than in the body. So that looks like anxiety or headaches or stomach aches um, rather than jumping around and kind of can't sit still. It's sort of like more of a away with the fairies situation. And girls are kind of better at hiding these difficulties and masking them because of the expectations that are placed on them by the patriarchal society that we live in, that they're just going to be quiet and sit still and, you know, but also like, because they're, you know, we, you just want to do well and you just want to be like everyone else. You're more likely to just kind of hide it. I wasn't diagnosed with ADHD until I was 39, but I've always had it. 
but it wasn't it wasn't a problem for me kind of until I had kids because I came up with ways to work around it and those worked until I had children and the demands placed on me by raising a family and having a job and doing all the like boring, boring, boring shit that you have to do when you're a parent, the de- those demands um, overrode my ability to work around them. And then, and that's very distressing because you feel like, why can everybody else do this, right? Um, but the other part of ADHD, it's not just focus. Um, executive function is, you know, there are, depending who you ask, there are like between eight and 12 executive functions that our brains can do at varying levels. So these are things like task initiation, task completion, emotional regulation, importantly, is an executive function, putting things in sequence, following instructions, all of these jobs that our brains need to do are difficult or can be more difficult for people with ADHD. So for example, like if I have someone coming down to visit us and I don't know what time they're arriving, I just like can't start getting ready because it's it's like I don't know it's almost like I don't know what the goal is, so I can't start taking the steps. And and a lot of people with ADHD get sort of accused of being lazy because, you know, we'll sit and we'll go, I like, I remember so vividly doing this as a kid. Like I could have done it. I, you know, I'm in my head. I could have done it three times by now. I could have done it 10 times by now. Like I want to do this thing. I need to do this thing, but like, I can't. And it sounds so ridiculous, but the time that it kind of affects me a lot is because I take medication at the end of the day, the medication, like, you know, necessarily runs out so you can go to sleep. <laughs> and the, the nighttime routine of like, okay, I need to get up and then I need to have a shower and brush my teeth and floss my teeth and do my skincare and get, get into bed is just like so many things that like, I'm just like, I can't, I can't do that. And so then you kind of sit there and sit there and sit there until it becomes so urgent that you have to. And then you're like, oh, like, I really wanted to go to bed early. Like, this has happened again. And you're like, why do I do this? I don't understand. And so when you have an understanding about executive function and ADHD, it doesn't make it any easier. And, like, you still have to, like, have all these stupid strategies and stuff to help you (laughs) get things done. But at least you can kind of go, oh, you know, the fact that I am having trouble with this, like, it doesn't mean that I am, like, a bad person, right? Yeah. A bad person, a lazy person, somebody who's got some kind of inherent weakness to them, or, you know, yeah, I, I... I'm already even like recognizing I think all of us probably recognize elements of what you've just described in ourselves and I can actually really think of it in relation to some of my friends as well when you know you can just and and I think also it must I think these kind of behaviors really affect relationships why can't you be on time why can't you just get that thing done why can't you remember my birthday why can't you know all is that did you find that in your life um, as well? well I have a husband who is like a living angel so it's really he has always um 
sort of filled the gaps of the things that I kind of am not so good at, you know, and I didn't grow up in a house where my parents had that either. Like I grew up with a mom and a dad who did all the things around the house. And like, that was just my expectation when I got married. And my husband really understood that. But he also, you know, he knows that there are things that are easier for him that are really hard for me. So he does those things. I can imagine If I didn't have the husband that I have and I was like thinking that it was my job to do all of this stuff and organize all of this stuff and the mental load and everything, I would have fallen apart a lot sooner than I did. But because I've got this great support system, um, it's a lot easier. The thing that he always says is that I knew you were like this when I married you. Like we just didn't know why. So He is more, I mean, he was more accepting about these things about myself than I was. Um, And so, you know, when I would learn something about ADHD, I'd be like, oh, isn't this crazy? And he, he's just sort of like, well, yeah, but like, I knew, I knew that about you. Like, I know. And he's like, and I love you. Um, But I mean, look, it must be frustrating to, you know, but like, he'll be, he'll open the, the cupboard and there's like the yogurt in there which I've put in the in the cupboard instead of the fridge by accident and instead of getting mad he goes oh you're so cute and so it's like it takes like a a real understanding of like you know this woman isn't doing this on purpose and then also an understanding of like all the things that I am great at and and I think that's where we have kind of found that nice balance, right? But the 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 example that I kind of say is um, ADHD is like death by a thousand cuts, right? So it's like these little failures over the course of the day. So if I was, and I don't feel so much like this anymore about it because I have strategies, but before I would go, okay, I'm going to be productive. I'm going to write down the three things that are most important for me to get finished today. And I'm going to get those things finished. And then I wouldn't do those things, but I would do 17 other things, but it would still feel like a failure because I didn't do those three things. And then because you feel like, you know, you're used to this low level feeling of like, oh, I I couldn't do it or I messed that up or I mixed up the time or whatever it is. Um, And then kind of the end of the day comes and the kids come home from school and you have like less resilience in your little like bowl of resilience to deal with whatever your kids throw at you. And then maybe you react in a way that you don't really want to be reacting to your kids and then you feel worse. And so it's just this kind of like these little and I use the failures with like air quotes, like quote unquote failures over the course of the day that you're just like, oh, my God, like and, and it's, you know, I am not a failure, but I have felt that feeling of like, why can I not do this? And it's so frustrating. So I I don't know if that is, is that a helpful explanation about what ADHD is? (laughs) Yeah, I think that there's going to be people sitting, listening to this conversation and perhaps having a light switched on as you've spoken about ADHD more and more I mean you must hear back from people who go Martha this is what I this Mm. is me too the number of emails I've gotten after having done that TED talk um 
Yeah. And I mean, there are a lot of um, ADHD traits, like, you know, we're prone to overshare. And so like, when I get these emails from people, it's like these blocks of text. <laughs> and they're like, I'm going to tell you my entire life story. And I'm like, yeah, of course you are. <laughs> um, but people do tend to kind of get in touch. But a lot of people are like, what do I do? How do I go about getting a diagnosis? And I mean, I can only speak for, you know, where I live. And it's like, go to your GP and and um, get referred to a psychiatrist. But I mean, the difficulty here, and I'm sure it's the same with the NHS, is the wait times for psychiatrists and pediatricians and psychologists and everything are so, so long. But I, I just think, you know, the, the minute you realize that you might have ADHD, in my case anyway, I felt more compassionate to myself already. But then, you know, getting the diagnosis and starting medication is is a big thing but like I didn't actually realize that medication doesn't help with executive function it only helps with focus and then because you're a because I'm able to achieve the things I want to achieve because I can focus on them my ability to executive function in other ways it feels better because I don't feel like so drained of that resilience by the end of the day, but like I still do like therapy to kind of um, deal with the executive function stuff because like having lived with undiagnosed ADHD for 39 years is traumatic. And and so I'm like working through that. And, and you know, I've read some of the comments on my TED talk and it really makes my heart bleed because there are a lot of people that comment like, you know, this, you know, this woman has kids and she's got her own business and she has a career like I can't even shower. Right. And and so I feel really lucky that I um, have had the experience that I've had. Um, you know, I lived in a in a childhood home that was safe and we had enough food and my parents were educated and could support me in school and, you know, all of these things, your childhood experience either exacerbates or, you know, assists your dealing with ADHD. So there's like there are just there are people who are just frozen with it. I mean, I can talk till the cows come home, so I might as well just do that. <laughs> Ad break. If you want more marketing and creative solo worker business talk, then come over to the Just Bloody Post It membership in Patreon. Every week I share an exclusive podcast and this week I'm talking about to-do lists and productivity and what it's really possible for just one person to achieve in a day. It's something I've grappled with since I launched my business, the constant setting of unrealistic targets and a feeling of having not done enough because of it. Familiar? To join the conversation, click the link in my show notes. You can catch up on two other episodes as well if you join one is about course launches and the other is about product creation in the cost of living crisis that's it the links in the show notes back to martha i'm interested how people with adhd interact with social media because you've mentioned it being a really useful tool in terms of talking about things that other people have not been talking about by people who you have not typically expected to be experiencing these things. But we all know about the downsides of, of um, using social media. Um, 
how does that work for somebody who has ADHD? What's your relationship with it? Um, I love social media, but I think, look, I'm a grown up. And so I can, when I see things that make me feel bad on social media, I can just block that thing. But if I had been a teenager when I started using social media, I think it would have been a very different story. I have a feed that shows me all the things that I like to see. If I see something in my feed that I don't like, it's like diet culture or, you know, anything, I just block that thing and, and, you know, say, I don't want to see this. So it's, I mean, I think that in order to have like a positive relationship with social media, you do have to be a little bit older, maybe, and a little bit kind of, you know, understanding of the fact that like, you are in charge of this algorithm. And that's a lot of uh, responsibility for a teenager to have. So it's, yeah, I, I think that social media for me, I wouldn't have a business if it wasn't for social media. And I'm sure it's similar stuff for you. Like, I was just like a teacher. And I was like, I got to get out of here. And <laughs> I learned how to be a copywriter and, and got on social media. And here we are. So I, I, I love it. Um, I also, you know, do waste quite a little bit of time on it. But then I kind of think, well, you know, is it a waste? Is it all a waste? Probably not. <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah. Um, I found you through social media, through uh, a website, through, you know, like it, like it is unbelievable that I can talk to you, discover you in a tiny town somewhere near Perth in Australia and um, you know we connect up with people that we have stuff in common with um TED Talks how did you get to do a TED Talk so um if you want to do a TED Talk uh so like in my area nobody held a license to do to hold TED events so my friend Kristen applied for the license to run TEDx Kinjarling. And I applied, I think I had to fill in a form and kind of, yeah, talk about why is this an idea worth spreading. I did that and I got accepted. And so, you know, you can't sort of talk about anything commercial in a TEDx talk. Um, you can't be like selling something. If you have like harebrained ideas about like, you know, vaccines or something they're, they're not interested in that sort of stuff but they're interested in ideas that are um, either sort of culturally um, significant or significant to this time or you know something that someone hasn't thought of before so so yeah I did mine in January of this year um, and then they you know, they get produced and sent off to New York and then they get approved and stuck up on YouTube and on the TED page. And it's, it's, yeah, it was a really huge experience actually um, doing that. And it's led to lots and lots of different opportunities for me. Yeah, I was going to ask you what the uh, the impacts on you, uh, uh, you know, on, on your career, on, on your visibility, what's that been like as a result of, of doing TED? Well, I mean, the first thing that I will say, you asked me before about, you know, do I feel um, vulnerable talking about ADHD on my platform. I don't have a very big platform on Instagram. Um, so I didn't ever feel vulnerable about that. But when I did my TED talk and it was released, I felt quite vulnerable because I felt like people were 
interacting with me and clocking it and going like, oh, is that it? Like, was that ADHD? Was that it? That thing that she just said. And then I kind of got over that. But I've, I've, I felt quite self-conscious just like when I saw people in person after that. Um, but, but yeah, otherwise it's been good in terms of like, yeah, I mean, things like this coming on your podcast is a huge, exciting honor and, and it's a a very good time to have done something about ADHD because so many people are talking about it. So it has resulted in, you know, a lot more people getting in touch to ask me to be on their podcasts. But I think the biggest thing is just like the number of people that have watched it, I'm gobsmacked, but also the comments. What is the number now? Well, there's it's like 500,000 almost on YouTube and then another 400,000 on the TED website. So it's, it's a big thing. And I get these beautiful emails from people and like messages on LinkedIn, like every day from people being like, oh my God, thank you so much for saying that, you know. I have had ADHD and I felt so ashamed about it or like I didn't realize I had ADHD and I really feel very strongly that like only good things can come from talking about this stuff. How did you put the TED Talk together? That would be the bit that would really, really scare me (laughs) is putting it, writing a TED Talk and rehearsing it and then delivering it. How did you approach that? Yeah, well, I didn't really have trouble writing it because I'm a writer, um, so that wasn't difficult. You kind of make the bones of it in the application, and then there are different sort of dates, like, you know, you have to have your full thing done by this date, and you have to have, you know, there are times when you go to the theater and practice, and there are speaker coaches and stuff that are there. I'm a very confident public speaker, so that wasn't really a problem, but my problem was the memorization um, because I have ADHD. <laughs> so I just wrote that into the talk. Um, and I said, you know, I've, I've got this Facebook group that I'm in that's for adults with ADHD. And I had put like a thing on there that was like, help, like I'm doing this TED talk and it's about ADHD, but I have ADHD. And they were all like, well, you don't have to memorize it. It's ableist, like just bring cue cards. So that made me feel better. But also, I um, did memorize the whole thing. And I practiced and practiced and practiced. So I put it to start with, I put it on cue cards. And then I stuck the cue cards like on my mirror. And then I just practiced saying it. And then I put it I practiced it like in the car a lot when I because we have to drive a lot where I live. There's like long distances between places. So I practiced that um, and I was really confident about doing it without the notes. Um, and you'll, I mean, you've, you've watched it. So you know that the notes are kind of a character in the talk. Right before I went on, somebody said to me that she sort of didn't believe that ADHD was real and that kids kind of just needed to climb more trees. It was the most unbelievable Like, I was like, in what circumstance do you think that that is an appropriate thing to say? Like, so that was really, really distressing. And that was like, I had, you know, 15 minutes to, I was like bawling my eyes out backstage and I had like 15 minutes. So I was very rattled when I kind of went on 
Um, and that affected my ability to say the talk without the notes. Um, so I was a little bit uh, annoyed at myself because of that. But I also think that that really um, added to it as well. I was going to say, I just think, I think if there's one thing that Ted's proven is that all different kinds of speakers can connect, not just a certain kind of speaker. And, you know, quite often, I wonder whether the fact that you were slightly rattled almost, you know, you know, almost allows you to connect better with, you know, you know, people saw you, people saw you, and they're obviously continue and they will, the, the most amazing thing about TED Talks is they, it will live now for years with people seeing it, um, which is a scary thought, but a wonderful thought at the same time. Martha, what now for you working from home, working on your own business with this knowledge of how you need to work differently? I'm really interested to see how that helps you map out the future or just even map out like the day ahead of you. So I was diagnosed in maybe like February of 2021. And it took until like September of 2021 for me to realize, okay, this affects every aspect of my life. So I work in like fortnightly blocks. I try to, I find it very difficult to like understand until when I'm booked and when I can book in the next client. So um, I have this spreadsheet that like uh, starts with the number of hours I want to work per fortnight and then I stick the things in and I kind of estimate how long they're going to take and then it gets down to zero hours left and then the whole thing turns red and then I go to like the next fortnight sort of thing so that's helpful but then also you have to fill that spreadsheet in <laughs> so you know that that's really difficult in in my work but something that I realized recently is that my brain knows when the real deadline is so I can't try to trick it and go, oh, like, we're just going to try and get this done, you know, a week early. Oh, my God. Hard relate. Hard relate. It's, there's no, I, I, yeah, it, the deadline is the deadline. Right, right up until one second before. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm not a last minute person, like, but I cannot work on something unless there's some urgency. So that is the dopamine thing. So instead of making this list of all the things I'm going to do this week and on what day I'm going to do them, I have to have like a loose list. And then what the brain feels like doing is what we do. And the brain doesn't feel like doing that thing until it is like absolutely necessary. And when it's necessary, I get it done quickly and really well. But if I try to do it ahead of time, it takes ages and like it's a slog. And so I've kind of only just figured that out and sort of gone, okay, like I don't need to panic if I don't do these things at this particular time. I just need to have them done. So it's like, you know, are my clients complaining because things are late? No. Are people like emailing me to say, where the heck is this thing? No. So it's fine. Just do the thing that your brain feels like doing. And then your brain will feel like doing this thing when there's urgency. So that's been a really big learning for me. And then also, I don't know, like I use Asana and like all these kind of tools. And I do like Asana because I think I only like it though, because when you tick things off, there's like... I've never heard, I've never heard of that, Martha. What is it? Okay. Asana is just like one of these um, sort of like 
productivity programs. So you can just like have your calendar in there, have your tasks in there. And I have like a project for each client and you can assign due dates and stuff to stuff and assign things to yourself or assign them to your assistant or whatever. But like when you finish something and you tick it off, there's like a unicorn that goes across the screen. (laughs) And I'm just like living for that unicorn. So that's like a, a dopamine thing, right? So I have just become more accepting of the fact that like, I'll get it done and I'll do a really good job, but I have to respect the way my brain wants to do it, um, like, or else it's just going to take 700 years. So that's kind of my main thing. People are like, what are your strategies? And the problem with ADHD is like, you do something and then you're like, oh, I'm going to do this forever. I'm going to change my life. And then you forget the next day that that's like your new change of life. And then also you get bored of routine, like the you know, it's a it's a contradictory condition because we thrive on routine and having things organized, but we also resist it just wholeheartedly. You know, I don't want to have to have this list. I don't want to like you become this like petulant child, but then it's like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, it actually does work. So maybe I'll try that again. So you kind of just have to keep trying different things and trying to remember the thing that worked last week. It's tricky. (laughs) Um, I am going to end by just asking you for a couple of bits of advice, Martha, for anybody who thinks that ADHD potentially most something that is affecting them. Should you, you started with an online test? Well, is that something that's easy to do? Um, I, mine was sort of like the uh, test that the doctor sent me, but there are lots of sort of different tests. Um, I really recommend the book ADHD 2.0. That really helped me to understand executive function and the way that ADHD brains work. If you Google, there are lots of kind of different assessment tools, but I think for most people, um, they'll head to their GP and the thing that I kind of always tell people is, um, I mean, in, in Australia anyway, if you want to see a psychiatrist, you are entitled to have a referral to a psychiatrist. So a lot of people feel like they have to go to their GP and prove, you know, quote unquote, prove that they have ADHD, you know, or otherwise their GP is going to say, no, you can't have a referral kind of thing you can have a referral. It's something I've heard more than once is a person saying, I think I probably have ADHD, but I'm not really going to bother going to do anything about it. Is what for you are the advantages of actually kind of seeking a official diagnosis? Well, you can get medication and the medication helps a lot. I mean, I think, you know, people will say things like, oh, I think I have ADHD, but like, oh, I don't really need to focus in my job. Or I think I have ADHD, but, you know, it's not that big of a deal. And and that kind of disregards the whole, like a whole understanding of what ADHD is as a whole, right? It's not just about focus, but there are so many other parts of like your life that can improve if you can get your ADHD under control. Emotional regulation to me is the most important one. How do I, you know, I'm not like a yeller, a yelling, screaming parent, right? But there are times when the way I respond is like, you know, not the way I want to be responding or times when I'm like, why am I so worked up about this? 
And like emotional regulation is an executive function. Um, And so learning strategies around how to regulate is very helpful. And particularly with like the high sort of level of heredity with ADHD, it's impossible to help a child regulate if you are dysregulated. Um, I have two sons with ADHD and the little one is very sort of, you know, he, he's very emotional and we both have to work really hard at emotional regulation. So I want to model the right way to do that for him. And then I also want to help him to be able to do it himself. And it's just, it's made me a better mom and like probably a better person to live with because I'm working on myself and trying to, you know, get a better understanding of how we can help our kids. So that's the real big benefit for me. Martha, thank you so much for your time. You've been very generous and very um, open. I'm sure it will have helped even more people than you already have. Thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you. I found that conversation so very interesting and have thought about it many times since we recorded it in the summer. If you found it helpful or know someone else who would, then please share it with them, with your friends. Supporting the show like that means a lot to us. Thank you. If you want more information, I've shared the link to Martha's TEDx in the show notes and her socials. And now you can pop yourself over to the membership and we can keep talking much love and thank you always for listening we'll be back soon bye